welcome back to another episode of Bits and Bites. Today we have a guest with us who is, I would say, a pro in the world of NFTs. You may know her as Suki. Um, Suki, how about you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Um, I'm Suki, and I'm the owner of a board ape. Uh, her name is Kiki. And um, she's doing a lot of things now <laughs> as her own personality. Um, but I'm mostly just an NFT collector who joined Twitter back in March. And I started with Top Shot and I kind of just uh, fell into the NFT world and made a lot of friends. Awesome. And so let's take a little step back here then. Maybe some of our audience might not be super familiar, you know, with what NFTs are. So could you maybe explain to them, like, what is an NFT? <laughs> this is going to be fun. So an <laughs> NFT is a digital asset and it represents like a piece of art or um, music or games or videos. Uh, NFT stands for non-fungible token. It means that uh, non-fungible means pretty much that it cannot be replaced by something else. So for example, Bitcoin is a fungible uh, token because it can be it's equal to a Bitcoin, right? So um, it's more like a one of one of a kind trading card, kind of like top shot. So if you think of it in terms of token, each token would have its own uh, number and you can trade it online you can buy it online. And typically uh, you trade it with cryptocurrency and there are different different platforms that you can use to do that. Awesome. Yeah. I, I kind of relate it to, to like, especially I think gamers have an easier time understanding because we're, <laughs> we're buying skins, we're buying different things. Avatars, um, weapons. Avatar, yeah, all that kind of stuff. I think it's very similar, but the difference is, is like we can buy as many skins as we want right like if, if we're playing counter-strike or, or valorant or whatever we, there's there's no limit to how many the the game developers print whereas you know with with nfts there there should be a cap um so that's kind of how i relate it for for my gamer friends of course for those of you listening that aren't gamers either maybe that's not all that helpful and and hopefully throughout this whole episode we're going to try and kind of wrap our minds around this kind of whole concept of, of digital goods. And, and I think you used a lot of different terms in there that, that we're, we're going to break through like Top Shot, Bored Apes. Like these are things that, that hopefully we're going to all explore in this episode. Awesome. So yeah, how about, would you like to um, walk us through then like your first um, process of purchasing uh, NFT? Like, you know, with the, was the idea of like buying a virtual good kind of like really foreign to you at first like did you just kind of do it out of like interest or for fun like how did you kind of get into the notion of like hey let's try this out let's buy an nft yeah so top shot which is an nba trading um nft is a gateway drug i call it for <laughs> like we all call it that because it's just a really simple way for people to be introduced um, to NFTs. So the way that it started for me was a couple of friends just asked me, you know, if I was interested in, in getting in a queue line, which is a place that you go to, uh, take your chances on whether or not you'll land an NFT. Right. Mm -hmm. So for top shot, I landed in the queue and I had a number. And so when my number hit, I was able to buy it. Well, not everybody is able to buy it because you pretty much are like standing in line online. Um, so then when I uh, got the NFT, the Top Shot NFT, I just was like really excited because I had hit a, you know, a Bradley Beal uh, low serial number. <laughs> and um, I think I was hooked after that. After that, I decided to start collecting and, and kind of build up my collection in a way, mostly moments that I really liked from players that I liked and teams that I liked. Um, but it was really great because I didn't have to deal with the like secondary things like uh, when when you deal with NFTs you have like a wallet and then you have the platform and I feel like with Top Shot it was just very simple like you choose your NFT and then you pay for it <laughs> you could pay for it with your card you know <laughs> you didn't have to go the extra step of crypto and so that kind of like eased me into it because uh, they also work off of um, Dapper Mm -hmm. dappers you know you could like refill your dapper and then it's just like the wallet within top shot 
So it just like introduced me to a lot of really basic ideas about um, NFTs and how to use crypto even because before that I had invested, but I hadn't really like, you know, used it necessarily. Yeah. That was going to be my question is like before like Top Shot, were you like, like I was describing earlier, like, were you buying game skins on, on different games? Were you collecting basketball cards or baseball cards or whatever, or, or were you already kind of deep into the, deep into the, the crypto world? No, I had just invested like, you know, like Veracity, Doge, like just different things, but not, not in like a gaming or NFT environment. So I play like my Nintendo Switch a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. and I play uh, Breath of the Wild, but I don't like connect or anything. I just play the game straight as it is. So it is like a way for people to kind of like meld those two together. And I was never really like a trading card kid or any of that. Like I didn't have that around my cousins did so I watched them do it but that wasn't something that was like regular in my life so this whole arena is like pretty much new for me <laughs> you mean you didn't have a basketball shoe collection no I didn't <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I got like really nice shoes like that till I was a lot older so I was jealous of like my cousins and all my friends <laughs> so then like walk me through like when you were buying your first pack and like I, I can't remember who you said kind of told you to buy it because because I remember very vividly my first pack experience like I was a hundred percent sure like this fifteen dollars or ten dollars or whatever the pack was like I'm never seeing that money again <laughs> um, like you know this is me because I work in tech and because I work with startups and and I love basketball like I am literally giving these dapper guys my money never to see it again right like did yeah. you have like similar sentiment Yeah. I mean, I went into this thinking, I did not think, actually, I didn't even know that there, like, I didn't put it together that there was like a flipping market for this. I just went straight into it. Like, I love the NBA and I love, you know, this is like a new thing. It was like the end of COVID. I wanted to try something new. So for me, it was more like a collector's uh, journey, (laughs) you know, and then slowly, like I started realizing like, oh, there's a lot more to this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think I, I had a very similar experience. I think, I think because I, the Dapper team full disclosure is, is in Vancouver where we're, you know, Gene and I are based um, like I had some insight in, into like what they were doing with cryptos kitties, but it always kind of sounded, I, I don't want to use the word stupid, but I kind of kind of just did like, it, it didn't make any sense to me. Right. So, so this was like, okay, maybe if, if I buy this, at least like, I know the names like LeBron James or, or whoever, at least I get, some some fandom thing right and, and i can say i was there when i first when i bought this weird thing that never panned out or, or whatever right um yeah. so, so so that was that was kind of my mentality and and I'd, I'd say like a lot of people that that were first on stop shot like it was it was kind of like that right like the the basketball part drew them in um not so much what we're going to talk about in a bit which is like the profit the investment the the crazy market that has kind of shaped since then um but it was it was really like no different to me thinking like you know, trading cards are, are seven, eight bucks Canadian a pack. I was spending $15 on, on a top shot pack. Like there's no difference, right. Other than I don't have yeah. to hoard it. Um, right. so, so that, that was kind of what, what, what I was about. So, so then, then you, you know, you kind of hit on, on a, a rare basketball card for, for the sake of this conversation that I'm, I'm going to talk about. Um, what, what, what did it snowball or click for you from that point that, Hey, like this, 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 uh, YouTube video is, is the haters like to call it, um, is worth something. Yeah. I mean, for me, like it was an adrenaline rush to be like, wow, like I got a really low cereal, you know? Um, but then more than that, I just decided like, well, from now on, I'm not going to buy single moments. I'm just going to do all pack drops. And I created, you know, I've been on Twitter for forever, but I created a separate Twitter just so that I could do like giveaways and like not annoy all my friends, you know, (laughs) on my regular social media. Um, And then I started kind of like connecting and making friendships in the community. And then pretty soon I started reading like the strategies and the things behind why people buy which moments and why, you know, all these things. And I just kind of like immersed myself in that world. And then Um, I wish I had read sooner about like what strategies and what things to do to begin collecting, but 
I feel like I did pretty well because I have zero trade tickets. I don't know. Maybe that's good. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But um, I just feel like, you know, it became a thing where like I wanted to roll the dice every time and just see like what I could get out of it. And it was like, you know, nine bucks a pop. It's not like you're spending $500 for it, you know. So I just kind of uh, started building a nice collection and then I decided, hey, like I'm going to start finishing sets. I'm going to start like building teams. I'm going to start doing this, that, the other. Mm -hmm. And then you were putting, were you at this time, feel free to not to answer, were you putting in this time like your crypto or was it like real money straight off a credit card? Like what was your kind of mindset? So at first I didn't even have a Coinbase. <laughs> I had to create, you know, all of my like apps and identities and all of that, but I put in my own money. I think I started with like, I want to say like 300 bucks. Mm -hmm. I started with 300 bucks and I don't, th I think I like, I did put more money in as I went along, but it just was like gradual. It wasn't all at once. So, um, I think a month later, I became like a top 8% account. And then two weeks after that, like a 5% account. And then a couple weeks after that. And so then when I was looking at my spend in relation to my account percentage, like where I fell on that, it was pretty good considering the amount of money that I spent. So then after that, it just became a game. Like, well, how much more can I get out of this? How did you know? I, I I know I know the answer, but but for listeners, like, how did you know? Like, you're you're a top one percenter or whatever. Um. So there are different tools like Evaluate Market, Moment Ranks. At the time, Moment Ranks was the place to go to look up your account. So you just put in your username, and then it'll populate all of the details of your account. So all the moments that you own, the percentages, you know, uh, increase, decrease in price. Um, where you land, uh, you know, from one to however many on the spectrum of like percentage account. So there's some people who have like a 0.02% account and they have like these huge moments, right? Well, I didn't have huge moments. I just had kind of regular things and was building as I went along. And I just happened to choose the right ones that happened to increase in value at the time know your stuff <laughs> wow. um I pretty much just kind of read Twitter <laughs> and like at first I just followed what people would say and kind of like talk to my husband too to be like verifying like is this person that I should invest in you know <laughs> uh, and then pretty soon it just kind of became second nature it's, it's weird how how the terms change from like I'm hoarding internet videos to now I'm investing like those, those yeah. terms change fast. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I, th I think it's funny to note because all this kind of happened really fast, but like I saw an ecosystem kind of being formed. Like you mentioned, these tools were popping up weekly, almost it felt like, um, which is, which is really impressive because you can imagine all the stuff didn't exist in, in months prior. And, and I'm guessing at when I started all these things like moment ranks were side projects that have now become full fledged companies that even some of our friends work at. Right. Um, right. Um, so, so that was, that was really crazy. Like how did that tie over into, into the non top shot stuff? Yeah. So I think uh, once I started on top shot and kind of became comfortable with the platform and everything, um, I started kind of just poking around and seeing like, well, there's, I know there's other NFTs, but I wasn't really set up for it. <laughs> so um, I had to, you know, create a MetaMask, like create an account. Uh, MetaMask is a wallet that you use to connect to the platform called OpenSea. OpenSea is kind of like an eBay or, or like an Etsy of NFT, right? So um, I pretty much set myself up and started kind of browsing and then, um, Interestingly enough, a guy named Labor James, who you might be familiar with, he invited me to his SEALs Discord, which was basically a place where a lot of people kind of congregated in this private Discord to kind of talk about Top Shot and other NFT projects and kind of like have 
a meeting room where you can kind of like break down what's happening because NFT was just so new. And so once I joined that Discord, um, I feel like things really ramped up. <laughs> so I was in bed one night and he basically messaged me and was like, you have to buy a board ape. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. I kind of heard about it, but I don't know. It's like 200 bucks. I don't know if I want to spend 200 bucks on an ape. Like I'd rather use it for Top Shot. And he was like, come on, just trust me, get up, get out of bed. So transaction goes through. And then I had this like feeling, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and get one or two more. <laughs> so I went on and I tried to uh, grab a couple more and the transaction failed because it sold out. So I only got one, but thank God that I even got that one because I feel like life really pretty much changed after that night. <laughs> so really so, so let, let's put a pause there, right? Because I, I think I want the audience to understand what just happened. You woke up in the middle of the night because your friend pinged you and you spent $200 on a JPEG. Is mm-hmm. it, did I get that accurate, right? Like it's, I mean, the That's art's cool, correct. the art's not cool, whatever. <laughs> like you spent $200 on something you can right click copy. Um, was right. that purely off trusting your friend or did you like understand this could be something somewhere or you're literally just, you know, you're the type of person that spends $200 on frivolous things? <laughs> I am the type of person where I've always been like up on technology. I've always been kind of in the know about like new trends and stuff and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I didn't know that it would turn into this, but mm-hmm. I knew that it was something because obviously a lot of people were buying it and I was watching, I was watching the numbers drop that night that it sold out. Like I was, it was my first case of like real NFT FOMO. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like watching like those numbers go down where it's like, you know, 7,500 out of 10,000, 8,500. So I was like, okay, something's going on here. So once I bought it, um, the next day I had to drive to the airport. And that morning I listened to the clubhouse, the very first clubhouse that they had the board ape team. And then I think that's when I realized like, this is not just a picture, like something bigger is happening here. And the fact that there were so many people listening and they were just so excited. And I was like, okay, like this is going to be worth my while. They must be excited about something, right? Some there's enough bodies here that it, it must not just be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so are you the type of person and, and i'll be the first to admit i i definitely am g and i want to get your thoughts on this too if you're at the mall <laughs> and you see a lineup there and the lineup's so long that you can't see like you know what's at the front of the lineup do you line up first and ask questions later i definitely am like i will loiter there for a good 15 minutes and find out like i don't know it's it's like a candy sale that i'm not interested in yeah, no, definitely. Like, I think that when there's like a limited supply of something, it just nat- naturally just triggers that human instinct. It's like, okay, I gotta like get on this. Like, what is this? It, it creates that demand. And I think one comparison, I guess, like, you know, relating back to your sneaker collection is like raffles, <laughs> right? Like there's raffles to get these like limited edition sneakers. Like that's the closest thing that I feel like I can compare NFTs to when it comes mm-hmm. to like, you know, someone outside of the crypto world or nft world like is like what the heck is this like why are you lining up i'm like it's like raffling (laughs) you get a chance to buy something really cool (laughs) yeah i you can you can't imagine how many conversations i've had with whether it's peers or my parents or something saying so you will spend money for a chance to spend more money right (laughs) on something that you just take home and you're gonna step on like a pair of sneakers um and i go yeah <laughs> and the crazier thing is like with nfts it's like even more abstract because you know like with sneakers you can wear them there's like you know some kind of utility to it but like nfts are just like a different realm like i remember when my first experience with top shot like sam messaged me and he would um and me and he was like hey guys like just click this link and getting cute and i'm like what is going on like what is this stuff and he was like you gotta buy a moment and i'm like okay, but like, what is a moment? And it's like, I don't have time to explain. I'm <laughs> yeah, make you $100. Like just, so I'm just like <laughs> looking it up and he's like, yeah, I made like a hundred dollars off this. I'm like, cool. Okay. Free money. Let's do it. And so I'm like, you know, in the back of my mind though, I'm like, am I really going to spend like $15 on a video clip? Like it's literally moments for those that aren't familiar with Top Shot is um, moments are clips from the games, like NBA games. And so, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, player that's 
um, shooting a three-pointer or like maybe they're doing like a dunk. <laughs> I'm not really familiar with it in basketball terms, but yeah, Dude, my, my mom she was, was like, a bandwagon <laughs> Raptors fan in 2019. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Kawhi>. <laughs> But yeah, no, that was definitely my experience with NFTs. And I'm not surprised a lot of people are just kind of like, oh, like a little hesitant, but they can see that there's a demand for it. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, it triggers so that instinct. For sure. So you got the FOMO, you you bought the app, you listen to this clubhouse and you're like, there's something here. How long did it take for you to click in what that something was? And like, what, it, what it, I think now we can kind of let the cat out of the bag or the monkey out of the bag. Like, what exactly is the board ape? Yacht Club today? I mean, the Board Ape Yacht Club is probably, aside from punks, the most popular NFT to date. Um, and they're popular for various reasons. I mean, even like Steph Curry, you know, mm-hmm. has an ape now and Steve Aoki. It's just now even part of celebrity culture. And that's really mind blowing to me still, even when I think about it, because for us, back in May, it was just like a fun JPEG that we were going to hold in our wallets. And today it's become like an entire movement for technology and blockchain and, and art even, and, you know, uh, membership, uh, membership, I think is the primary utility and focus as well as community, because the membership brings along with it, the community. And, um, I would say that that is probably the most important role that they play besides being like a really high volume, high grossing NFT that is, is traded daily. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, maybe walk us through like, what, what do you mean by traded? So you spent the $200 or, or 0.08 ether, whatever, whatever the, the, the transition is um, that's the crypto you, you spent it on. Like what, what is, what is trading? Why is it traded daily? Well, uh, for different reasons. Some people don't connect with their JPEG <laughs> or their ape. So they decide to, <laughs> to flip it or trade it for another. Uh, other people uh, really are strict about how they view traits. And so there are different traits that are assigned to this art. And so, uh, for example, some can be, I think, what, four traits? Some can be seven traits. So for traits, naturally, there's less supply of those. So if you have one of those, or if you have a gold ape, or if you have an ape that has a trait that no other apes have, or maybe one more has, those are valued more in the market. So I think, I don't know if I'm right, but I think NFT Anonymous, his ape, his trippy ape, which is the psychedelic ape, it sold for 55 ETH. And I think that was the first instance of us being like, holy, like this can really become something much bigger, you know, before people were trading it for like 500 bucks, you know, $1,000, $2,000. And then suddenly you get this six figure sale. So 55 um, so- ETH, I just Googled it as, as Swiki helped me stall is 168,600 US dollars at time of recording. Wow. Yes. At the time, I think it was like 155. But yeah. you know, still Semantics. like whatever. Oh, uh, what's yeah. ten thousand dollars on on a JPEG? Right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like that's that's the first time I think that everybody kind of just like paused and they were like, okay, like after that, the floor just kind of went nuts. Like after that, and by floor, I mean the least amount of money that you could spend to buy that particular project just shot up. Um, and it, you know, it's like cycles, like it, it wanes and it ebbs according to crypto. I feel like even, although I feel like board apes is probably a little bit more consistent than crypto. <laughs> um, so yeah, so trading, trading my ape for another one, um, for profit and then buying back in, you know, for an ape that costs less has kind of become a play that people have been mm. doing lately. And then not, not to entirely look into your bag, but just to give us an approximation, like what that, that first $200 ape you bought now we're looking at what, four months later, like what are, what are we approximately looking at in terms of value? Four months later, um, that ape is probably, I don't even know what the floor is today. I haven't looked. Um, Wild guess. 
I can look wild guess you think so the first the first ape that I so right now floor price is 38 I would value my minted ape as 40 um and then I have a second ape that I bought later on and I think she's probably worth like between 60 and 70 ETH so so we're we're talking about funding small countries I mean not small countries not not that far small companies is this the word i was looking for <laughs> not not countries yet maybe 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 very very micro islands um to to you know depending on where you're living you're buying buying houses and, and things like that right so so literally like when you said your life changed like like it literally did right it literally changed yeah right and and like i i know we're going to dive deeper into just like the, the the market in total but like for yourself personally how do you stop yourself when it was $50,000, $70,000, $100,000, whatever, whatever those numbers are? How did you actually like be like, I still have enough conviction to follow through with this? Um, because I figured that more could be done with it. Um, I could just cash out, like, fine, mm. I could cash out. I spent, I think at the height of my portfolio, I think I had spent eight ETH. And my portfolio was worth half a million. Wow. And yeah, I mean, I hooked up to like, we are going to make it IOW, whatever it is. And I didn't even realize what I had. Like, I didn't even know until like three or four weeks ago what I had in my wallet. And then once I connected it, it was like, oh, you've only spent eight and a half ETH. And by the way, you have $625,000 worth of NFT. And I think at that moment, um, everything that I had done before that kind of just was like validated, <laughs> you know, like I didn't sell my ape, um, the minted ape that I had, I traded my husband for Axie money. <laughs> Axie is the play to pay game. Um, so for me, like I never really had it in my mind that I was going to be flipping stuff until I became more comfortable with the market and I'm not flipping apes I'm like looking at other stuff to flip so that I could buy more of the blue chip projects which are you know the top tier projects that kind of don't devalue as other ones do and and I know I know Gene specifically wanted to to ask you about Kiki so Mm -hmm. so I guess let's let's dive into that yes so um, for those that might not be familiar with Swiki or Kiki, so Kiki is a board eighth. Um, and I guess, you know what, I'll, Swiki, how about you um, t- tell us a little bit about Kiki and, you know, how did you start? Um, like, well, I guess we kind of touched base on how we first received Kiki, but um, you mentioned that, you know, you had really big plans, like that you could see that you could make something bigger out of just it being an NFT in its own. So how did that start with Kiki then? Yeah, I saw an opportunity. I mean, before I even bought Kiki, the night that I bought her, I it was like two in the morning. <laughs> and I like ran down to my to my husband's office and I was like, I have to talk to you real quick. And he's like, oh my God, it's two. What are you going to talk to me about? You know? <laughs> and I was like, there's this ape that I want to buy, but it's this much ETH. And he was like, what? And this was before he really like immersed himself in um, NFT as well. So it was kind of crazy for me to come to him and be like, I want to spend thousands of dollars on this JPEG. <laughs> and so basically I just saw an opportunity in her, you know, I knew that Punk's comic was having a contest for their comic issue. And I knew that they were using the apes. And when I saw her, I knew that she was like a really viable candidate to be in in a comic and kind of have her own brand um, just based on her traits and I really liked her and then uh, Ding started sweeping the floor as I'm having this conversation and so then I got really like nervous and I was like we have to do it if we're gonna do it we got to do it now and that was the last night that the apes were below one ETH Um, so I picked her up and literally two hours later one ETH, it was gone, like gone forever. (laughs) It never went back below one ETH. And um, I just saw something in her, like a branding opportunity. Um, I don't even think that I saw it in terms of the way that it's happened. 
I just saw like a moment where I could kind of like take her the distance and kind of have fun with it. Um, but it's grown a lot since that moment. So distance for you at that time is there was this, there was this other project that was making comic books. Um, I, I think their artist was like doing Marvel stuff in the past or something like that. Right. And so DC they were doing and Marvel, DC yeah. and Marvel. And so, so they were doing some contests connected to, to ape holders, I'm guessing. Um, yes. And, and so you saw like, that was, that was the, the end game for you at, at that moment, right? Like you're like, I'm going to buy this cool female ape. Um, I'm going to enter the contest. I'm going to win the contest. I'm going to be, I'm going to own this thing that's in comic books. And then whatever happens, happens. It was that exactly. Cool. Yeah. And then so, so what kind of has transpired since then? <laughs> oh, so ever since the punks comic, um, well, first of all, we had to show, right? We had to like promote ourselves to win the contest because there were four rounds of voting. And of course I was up against guys every time, male apes, right? Um, and so it's a little harder for the female apes because obviously, you know, uh, there's a lot of factors at play. Um, a lot of those people were a lot more popular than I was at the time. So I really had to like bear down and like go into every discord. And luckily I already had just been part of many discords. So I knew a lot of people in them and had the right support to kind of like take her to punks comics. Once she won, um, I feel like just really suddenly, like within a week, like somebody contacted me, asked me if I would be willing to put her on display in Hong Kong at the observation wheel, which she was at with about nine other apes. Um, and then her Instagram started getting a lot of attention. Um, there was an event in Venice at Bright Moments Gallery and uh, she was up on display. And I think that's like my most engaged photo uh, on Twitter. And then just people just started coming to me with all these opportunities and things. And then eventually I just decided like, at some point, like I want to get her brand high enough, uh, visible enough to maybe sell her at premium pricing, like beyond 55 ETH, like what can we do, you know? Um, I would say that at first my goal was to sell her off to an agency, like a talent agency. But the more that I'm in this, the more I realize that they wouldn't know what to do with her. Mm-hmm. Like they wouldn't have the first idea how to really market her, how to use her. Um, so now I'm kind of more leaning toward, I'm just going to build her brand. And I don't know what the future holds, but perhaps, you know, an individual that sees her same branding value as I build it will perhaps want to buy her for that premium price still. And, and this is, so when, like, walk me through this, because now it's, I think now it's becoming a little bit more, more relatable to someone who, who's not, not necessarily in, in the space and maybe only understood half of what we've talked about thus far. Um, when, when people are asking you to, to use your ape on, on billboards or, or, or art galleries and stuff like that, are those like pay-per-use or is it kind of just permission? So the, um, Hong Kong display was permission from me because Mm -hmm. it was other board apes, right? So, Mm -hmm. but the really cool thing about that was this was right before they announced that they were putting uh, the apes up for auction in Christie's in Hong Kong. So once that was announced, I saw an even bigger opportunity here (laughs) because our 10 apes are displayed in the Hong Kong Harbor at the same time and duration that Christie's Hong Kong has now hosted these apes for auction. Mm-hmm. Um, now we've had the Sotheby's, the auction at Christie's. I mean, NFTs are now starting to be in mainstream art world and being auctioned off for millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. So that exposure for me was worth it. You know, like I didn't need to be paid because my payment is just having people view and see her. Um, And from there, I got a collaboration for merchandising from the former co-founder of Crooks and Castles. And um, he basically is drafting up, I just got the proofs yesterday, um, a bunch of merchandise for Kiki. And that merchandise can work in various ways. You know, um, I can sell it directly for any events that we have. Um, And the real life events, I feel, is like really where it's at. Um, and she, I haven't announced this yet, but by the time this comes out, 
it'll be finished. Um, this weekend, we're painting a mural of Kiki on Washington and Maple in Los Angeles. So wow. she'll be up for as long as people don't paint over her. <laughs> <laughs> and the artist, the street artist, he's a really well-known OG artist. And uh, he was in the shoe game as well. He really changed the game for Vans, mm. uh, designed like sports footwear for them. So he's kind of like a bigger player, but he still does graffiti art. So. <laughs> So I'll let you know now I'm a, I'm a size eight and a half. If by the time this gets out that we got some Kiki shoes, uh, just let, let me know. I'll DM you my address, <laughs> but like these, these, yeah, like I, I got to show wherever I can. Right. But like these, yeah. these names that we kind of just flew by and we're just like nodding along, like South, South be self buys. I, I don't know how to pronounce things. South bees, um, Christie's like these are, big name art auctions for those that are not in the art scene right at the same time like crooks and castles is is a brand that's been in the streetwear game for 20 plus years like like you can buy their stuff at i think zoomies and and i can't remember the other stories journeys all those kind of things right um mm-hmm. like these are mainstream leaders in different industries all kind of converging on and all this around centered around you know this 200 jpeg at, at the beginning like have you actually taken a step back and, and maybe we're doing this through this podcast episode and wondered like, how did all this come about? <laughs> yeah, I feel like a couple of weeks ago I had like, like I woke up and I was just like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> I just bought like a JPEG one day and then my life literally got turned upside down. Like I had a whole routine. I had a whole thing that was happening and suddenly like, all of that kind of just got turned over. And, and then this ape who I was like nurturing to become like a star somehow, <laughs> like now has like collaboration deals that like, like, I don't know, like I'm thinking to, about my career, like what ca- could I have done for myself? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, Seeing now, like what I did with the cartoon, I'm just like, this is interesting. Like I, but you know, it, it, it all goes back to like the brand, like it's Bored Ape Yacht Club. So people are more likely to kind of sit down and listen if they know what that means, you know? So that's something that I definitely reflected on recently. Like, I don't know how I got here, but I'm here and it just kind of keeps going. <laughs> so I guess in a way you can almost say that Kiki is now a celebrity, right? Like we've been seeing in some sense, like, you know, doing the collaborations, it's almost like having a real, you know, influence. So let's say collaborating to do, um, like, I know there's a lot of, for example, streaming, there's a lot of streamers that are big, um, Ninja comes to mind. Um, he did a collaboration, I think with like Nike or sorry, Adidas and they did collaboration. So in that same sense too, like we can almost say that Kiki is at like stardom level. <laughs> what is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so like, what do you think is kind of like the current, like general sentiment towards having, I guess, non-human celebrities or like avatars almost if we can call you know kiki an avatar too like Mm -hmm. um i think sam brought this up and i think it just becomes more relatable because Mm -hmm. at a certain point you know there's a lot of things and factors like first off she's a cartoon (laughs) so you know there's not really like animosity or like you know built up against like a cartoon and then she's like sort of becoming a status symbol like within the membership of board apes like if you have a board ape like at this juncture I think a lot of people would consider that elite it's still weird for me to think about it that way like to me it's just like oh like something that I bought that I really enjoy like you know working on but no like people definitely uh regard you differently I think if you have like those blue chip high tier NFTs and definitely Bored Ape is one of them. Um, I think at some point I had discussed Michaela. Michaela is this IG uh, Instagram personality who is like a mixed person and um, AI or like 3D, 3D, would you call it 3D? Yeah, 3D person. And she's Mm -hmm. like completely made up of complete made up personality, but they gave her a total narrative and storyline and people got really invested in that. 
And now she has like, I don't know how many followers, but way more than I have on my personal account. You know? <laughs> and she's become a brand in herself. Like she herself has had like merch collabs, you know, uh, collaborations with lifestyle brands. And so for me, like I really just saw an opportunity for Kiki to kind of become the same type of thing. Um, and since she's blockchain, it would be like a first, you know? Uh, I don't know if I beat anybody to that, but you know, everybody's ape is different and everybody's ape has a different brand. And so I just noticed that, um, you know, at her as my avatar, people definitely treat me different. If I switch it out, if it's me, you know, it's, it's a different dynamic, but because it's bored ape as your uh, profile picture, there's just like a certain regard and everybody wants a piece of the pie. So they'll send you messages. Can we collab? Can we collab? And most of the time I either ignore or say, say no, because I feel like I'm doing something bigger here. And that's not to knock like them or what other people do with their apes. It's just that I have a clear path for myself and for Kiki. And I just really kind of want to stay the course. It's crazy. And, and just like, I think, I think, cause you, you definitely, you know, in your, in your former life pre NFT have experience with branding. Like I, I think more than ever now we can kind of quantitatively quantitatively say like there there's money in it right like i i know there's a <laughs> a large argument for for like this is our this is bad art this is worth a million this is worth zero dollars right but i think right. marketing and branding have a lot to to play in that and and board ape as as a project has has proven it right like of course like the, the art is good but i'm sure there's also better quote unquote artists out there right but they're not right. going for the 55 east that you just talked about um and that has a lot part to do with the the entire project as a whole and all the mechanics right from the art to the community to the the marketing and the branding um all those things can't move without each other right and exactly. at the same time we've <laughs> seen celebrities who who have released nft projects using only their brand but spent no effort on maybe it's the art or the community or or trying to be relatable or maybe they set the price too high and those itself even though they might have much bigger brands than you or i um have failed um yeah. and it's become this kind of like the the nft world has become the synergy of of brand and art and community and and of course marketing um, and that's been kind of really, really fascinating to, to see. Um, so Jean, I don't, I don't know what else you had in your question list there, but I think I derailed this again. Oh, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of questions that, um, I think we wanted to get to, but you know, we have to keep mindful of the time as well. So let's just like pick one last, you know, game changing question and then, um, we'll have our traditional bits and bites and then we'll probably have to wrap it up here but I think it'd be awesome to maybe even have you come back for like a part two um like follow up and like see where Kiki's gone and her journey so far and like what's happened since we've had this conversation um so I guess one sure. last thing that maybe we can ask here is you know for the audience members like maybe they've been they're intrigued now you know we have talked about all these nfts big money like ethereum like 55 ethereum like so for an audience member like someone that's maybe like completely unfamiliar with the nft world maybe even like not familiar with crypto what are your kind of suggestions or tips on how they can get started and learn about it um getting started i think of course um always buy what you like in case, you know, I, I don't know, like I, I go into it as a collector. If I ever give any advice to people who are just coming in, um, I tell them to really do their research and really like kind of immerse themselves in the community first to make sure that, you know, what they like and what they're seeing is not a rug pull, a rug pull being a scam. Um, to kind of just look around, join Twitter, join discords, and um, really get the feel for the kind of art or the type of project that they're looking for. Um, once they get set up with the basic stuff like MetaMask and OpenSea, I feel like it's pretty easy to like browse around and figure out what speaks to you. Um, but I would mostly say to really carefully examine what it is that you're interested in and not expect to buy into something and then quickly flip it. It's really easy to get you know, into that mindset and kind of want to do that. But I would say for the first 
few items that they buy to really just have that be like collector's items for them until they understand how to work the market. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think we've spent a lot of time here talking about, you know, the crazy numbers and, and, and the amount of money that people can potentially make or not make or, or whatever. Um, but at the same time, there's, there's lots of people who are losing money as well. Oh. Right. Like if somebody's winning, yeah. somebody's losing. Right. And, and so I, my, like my, my take on NFTs and, and, and maybe I'll share my own journey another day um, is, is it's, it's actually kind of very contradictory. One is that you should always be kind of careful of, of what you're buying and not just, not just clicking things left, right. Cause Sam said so, or Swicky said so, or whatever. And of course we'll get, we'll get your hot list in a second. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, like I look at this market as is a new type of economy and a new type of technology. I want to invest not into any specific project, but I want to invest into understanding this, right? When we want to learn how to cook something well, we go to cooking school, right? And that costs money, right? Of course we can YouTube or whatever, and there's free things. But if we want the premium experience, I want the Chef Ramsay experience, I'm going to pay for the Chef Ramsay course, right? Like the same way I would treat NFTs is, here's $500, $200, $1,000, whatever it is that's appropriate for your financial means. Invest that not into a project, but into your own learning, right? And so fully expect that when you pay for a course, you're not going to get any of that money back, right? Exactly. So so at the same time, it's like whatever thing you're buying, um, use that as how much could I extract to learn from this experience, right? Um, yeah. Whether it's, it's in the future, I have a little bit more what we would call expendable income and I want to invest in something and I'll be savvier for it. Um, or through this experience, I meet great people like Swicky and, and now I'm learning from her. Um, like all those things are, are ROIs as opposed to the clear transactional, I put $500 in, why am I not rich yet? Right. Um, which, which is, I think something, something that, that the common person should, should ignore because it's, it's very easy to, to fall under that, that kind of trap because that's where people get hurt every single day, frankly speaking. Um, so I, I don't want to over, over kind of dramatize how, you know, how, crazy and 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 why everybody should be quitting their jobs to to do nfts and stuff like that um but that's kind of my take on it um i know last question before gene wraps up is is i think everybody here does still want to know what is the next board ape project what is the next board ape um to be million honest dollar with question. you i feel like you know there isn't going to be another no. next board ape and I don't say that to be like elitist about the board apes. I feel more like each project exists in its own niche. Um, like, but projects like Cool Cats, uh, Ghosts, all that—they all reserve their own space, right? So for me, like, I feel like Cool Cats could be like the next big thing. That I mean, just last weekend, I think they were like seven point five four. Ethereum. So I, and they're building their community, but they're doing it very slowly and very gradually. So it's not like an overnight shoot, you know, it's not like something that is sensational. It's like, they're really carefully crafting their community. And um, for me, like, I don't think that there's going to be another moment like Bored Apes. Like this is just kind of like lightning in a bottle, you know, it was a moment and then we're in it and it's past, <laughs> you know, and it was like the start of something historical, even, even though it was after punks and punks reserves its own historic, you know, historic pedestal. Um, but I do think that cool cats is kind of a place to, to look for like the next big project. It's already big, but I think it's just, I mean, it was on time big. magazine. <laughs> it was on Time Magazine, but like, I don't think that it's even done there. Like, I, I can see like a Disney show. I can see this like integrating into like children's programming. I can see this becoming like a household part of your life type thing. Whereas Bored Apes is a little bit more edgy, a little bit more like for the adult. I feel like Cool Cats can really cross over into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. For sure. Awesome. But I still well, love board apes. <laughs> <laughs> Not being biased. <laughs> yeah. Not being biased or anything. 
Awesome. So, um, Suki, I have one last question for you. Something that we always ask all of our guests that come on the show, just kind of like a fun question. Um, so if you were able to create your own company and hire three people to work with you, now this can be, you know, let's say it could be another NFT. <laughs> it could be a celebrity. It could be a dead historian or maybe even the cartoon character. Like who would your top three picks be for that team? Okay, I've thought about this. I would first pick my husband because he's very detailed vision. He's someone with detailed vision and impeccable execution. Um, so he would be like the lay of the land person, right? Um, I would, I know this, it might feel like a cop-out, but I would definitely bring back Albert Einstein because like with the technology that we have now, <laughs> um, you know, he's like the dreamer and like the, the, the philosopher and scientist imagine you know, what he could do like... if he wore socks <laughs> <laughs> he can only um, match his socks <laughs> yeah like bring him into this tech era and see like what new theories and calculations we could come up with mm -hmm. and the person who would like execute those ideas and theories is um lisa sue the ceo of the advanced micro devices amd she creates all those semiconductors for like Mac, Sony, PS4, Microsoft, Xbox One, like Samsung, um, I think even for military devices. And so I'm just thinking like those people in combination plus like my branding, like, I don't know, I feel like we could like create like a whole new technological revolution. <laughs> you you so literally sound like things. you're gonna make rockets. <laughs> I, I haven't been able to tell if it's for good or for bad yet but but rockets are I'm definitely just thinking, on the table like maybe rockets but like you know there's a lot of tech that we can still like figure out and i'm just putting a team together who i think could figure it out so. yeah i mean dark matter wormholes there's there's a stuff <laughs> there's some stuff there i think I'm waiting on there's that, some time you know. travel oh that was what i was gonna say time travel we still don't have yeah. that yet so <laughs> Well, well, we know if you'll make a time travel machine because we can just make them come now, right? <laughs> right. If I interrupt this program with myself, then you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Swicky, for joining us today and talking to us about NFTs. Learning a little bit more about Kiki was also really amazing. And definitely, I think we should definitely do a follow-up episode as well down the road um, to kind of like catch up, see what's been happening in the NFT world. Maybe some of our audiences have also gone to NFTs after this episode. So really great stuff. Um, thanks so much for joining us. And thank you guys for listening in or watching the video today. Um, we will make sure to include um, Swicky's uh, Twitter handle if you want to follow her on Twitter. Um, and then Swicky, is there anywhere else that maybe if someone's interested, is Twitter the best way to contact you? Or Yeah, Twitter and Instagram both are at Top Shot Swicky. Top shots for her for financial advice. <laughs> yeah, not financial advice. Awesome. Thanks so much. Um, all right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.